Welcome to the Trad Dads Podcast, where we examine cultural and political issues through the lens of traditional thought. All right, this is Levi Russell. Thanks for joining me. Today's episode is going to be a response to a few um, criticisms of what we might call distributism or uh, Catholic social teaching um, implemented as ec- economic policy that generally comports with a you know what what today would be considered a, a right wing perspective, and so the the criticism is going to come uh, from what what would probably be considered the left. Um, we have done plenty of episodes um, responding to right wing and libertarian type um, criticisms. Uh, just scroll through uh, the last thirty one episodes; uh, several of them uh, function that way. Uh, but these questions or these, uh, you know, objections, I guess, are a little different. And they're coming from someone who thinks that um, uh, democratic socialism or social democracy or whatever uh, euphemism uh, they want to use for um, highly concentrated um, centralized governments um, w- whatever that euphemism is, this is that person. This is the person who... Um, you know, basically just thinks that uh, Bernie Sanders' ideas are good ideas or Elizabeth Warren, uh, just someone who thinks that the only solution to most of our problems comes from the top, uh, from uh, very powerful um, governments with with a lot of uh, centralized power. And so um, I'm just going to take each of these uh, in turn as they were presented to me um, from someone on Twitter. And and the first one is that uh, this left-winger would say something like, you know, concentrated power has been proven necessary to rein in plutocrats or, uh, you know, capitalists or whatever you want to, whatever phrase you want to use. Probably they would use some kind of Marxist thing, like just referring to them generally as capital, which is really weird. Um, but my my first issue with this is is the framing is a, is the problem I think. So what is concentration of power? You know, we we've we we need concentrated power to rein in capital, to rein in plutocrats. Gosh, I don't know what what does that mean. Um, because I think, you know, as, as it often does, these, these objections to Catholic social teaching and, and policy that's consistent with Catholic social teaching um, ultimately comes down to some kind of misunderstanding of subsidiarity. So, first of all, subsidiarity is not the notion that only the family or the local community should have any power whatsoever. Of course not. That's silly. Um, things that are appropriate to those higher levels, things that cannot be handled by a lower level. And I've said this a thousand times on this podcast already (laughs) with only 31 episodes. Things that cannot be handled, and some things can't be handled by families. Some things can't be handled by local communities or at the state level or or whatever. Um, They just can't. Uh, National defense is one of them. It's in the name. National defense cannot be handled by the family or by some other lower level institution so from the perspective of subsidiarity national defense is appropriate to the national level or in the u.s the federal level um and so of course if we find ourselves in a situation where we have 
large multinational companies or something like that, then of course we would need some kind of national level um, antitrust power or something like that. Um, that doesn't mean that we have to go along with everything else that you know FDR thinks. Um, that's just silly. You know, if if antitrust legislation is necessary, if it needs to be enforced um, and, and, and isn't being enforced appropriately, then we can say that we should somehow find a way to ensure that it is enforced appropriately. But that's not concentration of power. Concentration of power, if it has any meaning whatsoever, would be the aggregation of power away from the local level to the national level or the state level where it doesn't belong. And so examples of this concentration of power would be things like uh, federal government controlling education or heavily regulating it in some way, or, um, you know, the federal government being the primary care, um, being the primary organization in charge of caring for the poor or for the elderly. That is concentration of power that is not uh, in line with Catholic social teaching and not in line with subsidiarity. So I think, you know, we're always going to get slippery phrases from these types of people. And so um, this first one is a great example of that. Uh, so question two, um, you know, a pro-life social, this isn't really a question, uh, it's just a statement. A pro-life social democracy would better accord with Catholic social teaching. That would be the best way to implement Catholic social teaching these days. Not the, you know, stereotypical three acres and a cow sort of thing. And, of course, the, the problem there is that uh, such a thing doesn't exist and probably never will. A pro-life social democracy. Where is one? Find me one. Um, anything that is a social democracy cannot be pro-life. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Because democracy is inherently an individualistic um, political form. It's all about that one person, your vote, one, one person, one vote. Um, there is no room for the family as the basic unit of society in, um, it, it, when, when, when the culture is so um, just inculcated with a democratic ideology. Um, so in addition to concentration of power issues that social democracy or democratic socialism, whatever phrase they're using, in addition to the concentration of power issues that violate subsidiarity, it also violates subsidiarity because inevitably the 51% always wants to give more power to those who will promise it to them. And so you will never get any kind of implementation of subsidiarity. Subsidiarity will never be um, respected in a democratic socialist or social democracy form of government. You will always get politicians willing to promise the moon and then someone, uh, and then the public just um, following them with their votes. Secondly, I think this also, uh, social democracy also violates uh, solidarity as well. Social, social democracy is based on radical individualism and it undermines solidarity. The whole point of 
democ social democracy or democratic socialism is that you have some kind of veneer of like fake um, solidarity, some kind of fake cohesion of the group that's enforced externally, that's enforced by the state. Um, it's not it's not genuine solidarity. Genuine solidarity comes out of uh, uh, the, the need for different roles within a family. And then, more broadly than that, a community that fosters the continuation and preservation of a family. And I'm not talking about the nuclear family. I'm talking about extended families, too. Of course, those are, those are fantastic. Those are what we really need. But democratic socialism or social democracy is not going to, um, is not going to line up with that. And, and anyone who considers them a pro-lifer and a social democrat at the same time is just, uh, has just lost their mind. Uh, number three, distributism goes against rather than with the grain of technological socioeconomic change. It is as doomed as Charles II and James II thinking they could re-Romanize England. I mean... Okay, the, again, this, <laughs> this is only a legitimate criticism if your conception of distributism and Catholic social teaching uh, consistent policies are some kind of stereotype of uh, what G.K. Chesterton and, and Hilaire, Hilaire Belloc said 100 years ago, which it's not. Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll link to other episodes that I've done on uh, I think my anti-anti-distributism one would, would be, the, be the most sensible here. This is not about, uh, you know, going against the grain of technological change or whatever. This is not, you know, TED posting. It's a coherent set of political principles designed to implement Leo XIII's ideas in the present day. And so the idea is that we look at timeless principles that the church has given us through the social encyclicals, especially those um, from Leo and and Pius the Pius the Eleventh. So, this is again, this is just uh, a complete misunderstanding of what distributism is today, and um, it's it's uh, it's really funny actually because you get this caricature of it from these social democrat lefties and from the sort of economic libertarian types. Um, it's kind of weird, kind of a weird alliance there. And finally, number four, um, distributism assumes um, that sufficient power can be uh, obtained by smallholders or by families or small communities or whatever to rein in these you know, evil plutocrat uh, capitalists. Uh, again, no, uh, that, that's silly. Just because the Acton Institute and other market libertarian type groups have tried to redefine subsidiarity doesn't mean that I have to go along with their definition. Just because they have tried to uh, redefine subsidiarity so that they can make it fit their ends doesn't mean that I have to go along with that. Subsidiary means the lowest political level should handle the issue if it's competent to do so. Sometimes it's not, and that's okay. 
we should give preference for, uh, you know, we should assume that they can handle it unless it's obvious that they can't. So that just doesn't, uh, this is just a non-argument uh, in my mind. So throwing aside subsidiarity as the left wants, um, you know, as the left wants us to do, right? The left wants us to throw away subsidiarity and just, um, just sort of install all power in some uh, national or supranational uh, body, which is suicidal, uh, just moronic. Um, that's no better. But there is a coherent way to implement subsidiarity along the principles of Catholic social teaching. And I have several episodes talking about specific issues, uh, immigration, trade, labor. Uh, just go back through uh, some of these episodes. There's plenty of discussion of specific, um, reasonable changes that would push us towards Catholic social teaching, uh, the implementation of Catholic social teaching. And I, I think, again, the issue is, is that some of us are committed to putting Catholic social teaching at the center of our politics and building our economic and um, political uh, perspectives around Catholic social teaching. Other people aren't. They try to shoehorn Catholic social teaching into their own political ideology, and it doesn't work. And that's no, no less true among the Acton Institute and you know, folks like that than it is among these uh, social democrats who think that they're, you know, these integralists or whatever silly term they're using. Um, so short episode, that's all the thoughts I have on this. I really think these are, uh, these are supposed to be, the person who sent them to me, you know, this, the idea was that these were, you know, very difficult to address uh, problems and, and stuff like this. And I think the issue is just that the framing is, uh, part, part of the issue is that the framing is just wrong. Um, you know, the, the idea of concentration of power and the understanding of subsidiarity. And the other is just that, um, you know, these people haven't read anything about um, the sort of so-called right-wing implementation of Catholic social teaching uh, for 100 years. So um, that's their problem, not mine. Uh, thanks for listening, and thanks for those uh, who are donating to us. Please... Uh, if you would consider a donation, that would be great. We, uh, we're we looking to expand our um, content offerings and stuff like that. And so uh, hopefully have some news here in, in the coming months um, on those sorts of things. Uh, so please do uh, consider that, and, and or at least uh, please give us a, a, a rating on um, iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to the Trad Dads podcast. If you enjoyed our show... Please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps us out.